0: You can have ability, you can have talent. You're going to find yourself failing uh, because you need to be able to get along with people. You need to be able to move along get along with people. Uh, let me read you uh, from the book here, um, an introdu- introductory illustration. Right? When I was in seminary, a gentleman named Bob worked for the school's placement office, helping seminary graduates find employment in churches. On one occasion, a friend Mel was in his office and noticed a large stack of papers on Bob's desk. Mel asked, Bob, whose resumes are these? Those are the men graduating from our seminary that we cannot place in churches, Bob said. What makes them hard to place, Mel pursued. Because they can't get along with humans, Bob replied. They are marvelous with theology. They are great debaters, but nobody likes them. They are arrogant and rude and inflexible. Now, if we can't get along with people, we're in trouble. Because here's the reality. The reality is that in our lives, relationships provide for us some of the sweetest times and some of the most painful times. Now, there's... A list of 40. I didn't dream them up. There's a list of 40. They, they, they come straight from the book. We won't cover them all tonight. In fact, we probably won't cover all of them. That's the reason why I gave it to you on a handout I'll for you to look at and go through yourself. Right? Now, here's the deal, though. You have to be honest with yourself. Okay? We can all improve, can't we? I got caught with a few of these here. Uh, we can all improve. We can all do better. We can all change uh, the way we relate and the way we work with people. And perhaps we need to. Now let me give you the, the standard warning on this. Right, it's very easy to look through this and say, "Oh yeah, that's your man. Oh yeah, I, I know someone like that. Oh yeah, your woman, she's really like that." It's very easy to do that, right? Uh, it's kind of comforting uh, on the one hand, and it's kind of, you know it gets us off the hook. But look at it and see, Lord, how can I improve? How can I actually change? the way I relate to people, and improve, all right? Uh, Because I think all of us could change and improve in some of the areas here, right? So you leave the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to do his work, convicting somebody else, and you ask him to do the convicting work in your heart, right? That sound good? Okay, i us have a word of prayer uh, on that note, and then we will begin, Right, Father in heaven, would you help us tonight, Lord? We love you, and Lord, we know you love us. And yet, Lord, <clears throat> the reality is so often when it comes to our relationships with others, Lord, we struggle, uh, we fuss, and we fight. Uh, we get discouraged, we get hurt, we get disappointed. And uh, Lord, <clears throat> so often, Lord, it, it, it causes a problem. And Lord, we know that it's your plan and your... Uh, will, Lord, for us to get along, for us to love each other, and for us to live together in harmony. Now, Lord, would you bless, would you help us, Lord, sharpen us uh, where we need to be sharpened, and soften us where we need to be softened, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. We'll start and we'll go through them, and we'll, we'll spend more time on some than we do on others, all right? Um, probably best for us, whatever ones we look for, all of us to look up the verse. Proverbs 18, verse 24. Proverbs 18, verse 24. Most of them we're going to find in Proverbs, right? And it would do, would do you good to go through them at another time, maybe during your devotions and so on, and just kind of ask the Lord to search your heart on some of these things. But Proverbs 18, and verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer to than a brother. Right, now, the first part of the verse there is what we're looking at. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Here's the deal. No man is an island. We'd like to be sometimes, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we like sometimes, okay, I'm not dealing with anybody else. They just, they just cause me trouble, cause me problems, and so on. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to do my own thing and be onto myself and cut up. But we're not made like that. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of a creator God who relates within himself. Right? And we were, we were made in that image we need to relate. Uh, we're supposed to show love to each other. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to work with each other. And apart from that, we're not going to grow the way we should do. You see, relationships are one of God's great ways of making us grow. Right? <clears throat> you know, the films tell us that you get married and you live happily ever after. Right? But you know what happens when you get married? When you get married, God gets another tool in your life to help you be more like Jesus. Right? That's what he does. He actually takes, and he uses all your relationships like that. He uses relationships to work you over and to make you more like Jesus. And now, you need relationships. You need relationships. You can't withdraw and be an island, if you withdraw and be an island, you may think you'll remove the conflict, but what you're going to remove is you're going to remove the chance for success. And we're talking here about being successful, about living successful life. So the first thing is, you, you can't be a loner. If you're a loner, uh, that's an obstacle to friendship, that's an obstacle to your success in this area. All right, look at Proverbs 18, verse 13, same chapter, verse 13. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Don't you hate those people? I think they know what you're talking about before you ever say it, and they tell you what you need to do. Don't we? All, we universally hate that. Yet yeah, we do it to each other. You know, we jump the gun and we think we we, we think we know what they're talking about. We think we know <clears throat> what needs to be said, and we, and we fix it. Guys, we're particularly prone to this, right? Um, Your wife brings a problem to you and she she wants to talk about the problem, uh, but you don't want to talk about the problem. You want to fix the problem and get on with the rest of the important stuff in life. And you you end up going, uh, (coughs) cutting to the chase before she's ever finished. And there you are, giving her class A advice and she's annoyed with you. What's her problem, right? Uh, Well, the problem is that you answered the matter before you heard it. And sometimes it takes quite a while to hear it. Because men and women are so different, uh, it takes quite a while for you to actually come to the place sometimes where you understand what it is that's going on with her. And you need to do that. Now, girls, you can do it too. You can actually respond before you know what he's talking about. And then he goes off in a huff. And he doesn't want to talk anymore because you've cut to the chase. You know, we need to be good listeners. Right? Uh, Somebody said that God gave us... um, he gave us two ears and one mouth because he wanted to spend twice as much time listening as he did speaking. Right? I don't know if that's true, but you know what? Uh, there's a principle there that probably is true. We need to listen, and we need to listen with our hearts. Oftentimes what we do is we listen, but we're not really listening. What we're doing is we're framing our answer while we're listening. Right? So somebody's telling me what's going on, and I'm thinking, here's what you need to do. But I'm not actually listening to them. Now you'll know for yourself that when somebody does that to you, that kind of gets you bent out of shape. Right? That's going to hurt you in relationships. You know, <clears throat> Some are good at it, some are not so good at it. You've got to learn to listen. And when you notice you haven't listened and you've jumped to the gun, jumped the gun and, got, and gone in with the answer before the person's revealed what's wrong, you need to go back and apologize and ask them to actually uh, <clears throat> you know, ask them to continue on and to, and to talk about it, right? <clears throat> Um, don't give be a, be a good listener, all right? Uh, do, do you give your opinions before people ask? Proverbs twelve, verse twenty three: A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. You are know those people that come into your life, and um, they're giving you their opinion about everything. And they're telling you what you should do in this case and what you should do in that case. And they're kind of fixing you all up and sorting you all out. Um, How does that go with you? How do you like that? No, it doesn't work very well, does it? What happens inside you when somebody's coming and telling you this is what you need to do? And you need to do this and you need to do that and so on. Well, what happens inside you? What's the reaction inside you when somebody's doing that in your life? Pardon? Rebellion. Rebellion. Now, we are strange creatures. If you push us hard enough in one direction, we often will have a reaction, and we'll go in another, the other direction, right? <clears throat> now, what's your reaction to that person, though? First of all, you're not taking their advice. What's your, what do you see when you see them coming the next time? Avoid. You, you avoid them. Now, we can do things that make people avoid us. We can do things that make people look at us and say to us, oh, I don't, I don't want to be around him. Now, we've got to be careful about that because what we're doing is we're shutting down relationships uh, that we need in our lives. So don't always be giving people advice. In a sense, you, you've really got to earn or be invited in to counsel somebody. It's very frustrating to somebody because you look at the situation and you're thinking, I know what's wrong with you. I know how to fix it. But you can't fix it because you've not been invited into the situation to fix it. And when you're invited into the situation, then you have the opportunity to first of all hear and listen, and then to give counsel. And when you get that, and we're an impatient people, so you know we want to give our opinions and give the answers, and and we're very proud of our thinking and our wisdom and so on. But when you're giving it before you're actually invited to, what happens is you cause... A reaction, first of all, they don't want to do it. And the second thing is, they don't want to be around you anymore. Do that enough times and they won't want to be around you. Uh, by the way, what do we say when we're the one doing that? What kind of things do we say uh, when we're the one that's actually caused the offense in a situation like that? What would, what would we say? What would be typically be the things that we would say at that point? We've caused the offense, but um, they've walked away. They don't want to be around us anymore. What, what would we say? Pardon? It's not too bad, right? What would we say? Maybe they know God didn't, didn't even bother listening. They, they didn't, even, didn't even bother listening. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're proud. You couldn't teach them anything. We have a whole list of things that we can By the way, th- th- that's one of the real problems for us in relationships. In relationships, what happens to us sometimes is we assume what's going on for the other person. Right? It's like we have this kind of insight we can read minds. Ladies, you can read your husband's minds, can't you? I'm leading you on here. Don't say yes to it, right? Uh, you think you can read your husband's mind. You think you know what he's thinking. You don't. And he doesn't know what you're thinking either. And you say, well, I can make a fair good guess. I've been around him for long enough. You might, but you might be totally off. Unless somebody actually tells you what's going on in their head, you don't know. You're not God. You're not even the devil. And the devil knows a whole lot more than you are. You don't know what's going on in their thinking. And, you know, what happens when somebody's assuming with you that they know what's going on with you all the time? What, what, What does it do to you? When somebody assumes they know what you're thinking. What's the point? They think they know already. There's no point in me. Because they've got their minds made up, they know. <coughs> and it happens a lot. You've got people who are assuming they know what's going on in your head. You may have a good idea. And you might be right. And you might be totally wrong. Why do we assume we know what's going on in somebody's mind, by the way? Experience. Pardon? Experience. Experience, right? Okay, <clears throat> you know, we've, we, we, we've seen some of these things before. <clears throat> Know <laughs> what Right? We like to be a bit of a know-all, like a of a know-all. All right. um, don't we? Do this? Don't we think that other people think the way we do? Now, isn't it amazing how different and varied people's ways of thinking are? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I am just—you know—my mind blows sometimes when I see the way people reason through things and come to the conclusions they come to. And, you know, there's no way I can know what's going on in somebody's mind like that because they're reasoning differently to me. I mean, the man-woman divide there comes into play really well. You know, <clears throat> um, you know the, the, the man says he's thinking about nothing, and the woman says, that's impossible. You can't be thinking about nothing. You have to be thinking about something. No, if you're a guy. You can be thinking about nothing. You can, you know, you can, you can just be in, the, in, in that box where nothing's going on. and That's fine. You see, he's not like you, and you're not like he is. We're not like each other in our thinking, so don't assume, based on how you would think, that somebody else is thinking the same. Right? That's, that's really offensive and a problem to somebody, and it will shut down communication. Just shut it down. They won't want to talk, because, because you're, 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 you're constantly thinking you know better than they do what's going on in their mind. Do you realize how offensive that is, how offensive that is? Anthony? Yeah, to know exactly what's going on. <clears throat> now, what can you judge, by the way, about somebody? Because we need to be careful about this, because we live in a day when the, the mantra is judge not. What can you judge about somebody? Vincent? You judge them by their actions. If somebody sticks a knife in somebody, right, <clears throat> um, you know, we judge that to be wrong, don't we? We don't say, no, you can't judge. We have people we call judges. Their job is to judge people. That's what, that's what they do. When, when, when people do wrong, we can judge it. If somebody does wrong, what we can't judge is we can't judge somebody's motives and somebody's heart. And we don't know what's going on with them. So, you know, we've we got to be careful there as far as that end of it's concerned, right? Um, are you argumentative? No, you like a good fight. Now, and, 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 and think about this. How many people have you fought with in the last year? How many people have you developed kind of, <clears throat> you know, you've, you, and, and you, you might say, well, you know what? Every one of those I was right in. <laughs> now, there's a problem. There is a problem if you're constantly fighting with people, if you're constantly falling out with people. Matthew 5.9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. Right? <clears throat> you know, and you know what? When you actually work at making peace, Rather than creating difficulties, it's really helpful to you. You know sometimes you see a marriage and, you, and you've got two people who go at it. I remember Wayne Van Goden senior telling me um, in that faithful conversation in the, in the airport that day. Uh, he, he said this. He says, "When after I got married, I realized that my wife had a temper, and I had a temper. And he said, "I realized we couldn't both have a temper, so I gave up mine." Very, very practical, very, very reasonable. You know, they couldn't both be going at it all the time. So he just, he just kind of put his, he put his away. Now, it it doesn't do us good to be constantly involved in fights. You know, where you're sharpening your wit and your, and your, 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 it doesn't do us any good to do that. You got to learn to be a peacemaker to bring peace in the situation. You know, when you're young, you tend to have a much, be much quicker to fall out with people. You know, and you think, well, you know, <clears throat> that, that that was worth fighting over. And then you realize, you know, after the years go by, you wonder, was it really? Was it really that important? Was the issue really that important? You might have been standing on principle or standing on something. Be very careful, you know, <clears throat> to try and maintain relationships. The Bible says, <clears throat> follow holiness and peace with all men, without which no man shall see God. There's two sides over there. Holiness, key issue for us. But peace with all men. You see, we're not just dealing with our vertical relationship, our God relationship. We're dealing with our human relationships too. And what we need to do is we need to be careful that we don't spoil those relationships. You know, you may not be able to get along with somebody and work with somebody or be close with somebody. But You don't have to burn them completely. You know, usually that's not necessary in the situation. There are some times when it is. But usually that's not necessary. Don't don't burn people completely. Be a peacemaker. Not someone that fights, right? Um, Are you unforgiving? Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Now this follows hard after the first one, right? You know <clears throat> that you know there's a, there's a difficulty arises, right? And um, <clears throat> it's an honor for a man to cease from strife. Say, okay, it doesn't look. That's not a go. It doesn't matter. It's not a problem. You can't do that about everything. Some things you have to press all the way, right? But there are a lot of things. Love can cover a multitude. You know, love can just a multitude of things listen we're all different have you noticed how different we are we're all different you know if it, if we were to come down to the people that you completely agree with do you know how many people you completely agree with one <laughs> and if you were honest you don't even agree with yourself all the time you know you do things that you don't actually agree you should have done you know <clears throat> so you know <clears throat> Don't be in the place where you you won't let something go. Let it go. Doesn't matter. No big deal. No big issue. Put it away from you. Don't let it carry on. Don't be unforgiving. If you're unforgiving, if if you're one of those people that picks up offenses and follows them through the end and so on, you'll find yourself living uh, in a smaller and smaller circle. We're all different. That's fine. Viva la difference. The, the difference is good. Right? Just recognize you're going to have differences with people, but you can still continue on in a relationship usually, but oftentimes, uh, but at least, uh, you know, you can let things go. And you can walk away. Don't be in, don't, if you get to the place where everybody has to agree with you, you're going to be a failure in relationships. They can't and they won't. They're not all wrong and you're right. Just understand. You know, what? listen, in order for you to get along with people, you have to be able to let things go. You have to be able to recognize, yeah, there's differences there, but you know what? <clears throat> That's okay. <clears throat> and, and sometimes the differences actually help you. People see it a different way than you do, right? <clears throat> um, do you say things to floor somebody? Look at Proverbs 12, verse 18. Let me do this. Let me get you to read some of them. I want you to look at them. It's better for you to eyeball them, but let me get somebody to read them. I'll start over here, Paul. Uh, if you would read Proverbs twelve, verse eighteen for us. There is that like the piercing of the sword. Okay. What's what's the what's the goal in a sword fight? Well what's the what's the aim of a sword fight? What are you trying to do in a sword fight? Well, you at least stick it in them, will not you? Now, sometimes the goal of an argument becomes to use your tongue to stick it to the other person. And then you walk away feeling, yeah, (laughs) I won that one. Okay, now what did you win? What did you win when you've actually scored the point and stuck the other person? You won the fight. Okay, okay, but take it further than that. What, what, What exactly did you win? The satisfaction. Okay, you have the satisfaction of kind of, I won the argument. I got you. I nailed you. What well, about the relationship? What does it do to the relationship? Does, does, does the other person often say to you, you know, you're such a fantastic arguer. I am so thrilled that we had this, this conversation because you have shown me how poor I am at arguing and I recognize you're far superior than me at arguing. You ever had somebody say that to you? So what, you, what happens is you win the argument... And you often lose the person, don't you? And people remember those things. And you know, <clears throat> we'll look at several that, 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 that deal with this one. In the heat of the moment, we say things, because we're exercised, that leave people raw and wounded. And they don't, what, what they do is, when, when they come to the place where they're raw and wounded by you, they draw back and build a little wall to protect themselves. And you find that that's what's happening. What what they're doing in your life is they're drawing back and they and they kind of they they're protecting themselves from you. But they're not being open with you anymore because you know what? It's too dangerous to be open with you. They want to draw back. You see, really when you win an argument like that, you say something that sticks the other person to the floor. Do you really win the argument? Do they go away saying, "Well, you know what? He was right." You're not persuaded them. You've just won the satisfaction of getting the last word. But, do, you ever see, do you ever see people People like, i going to get the last word? My sister and her daughter. Um, you, you don't know the sister, right? Uh, but but, but they have, she has one daughter and they go at it all the time and um, <clears throat> both of them want to have the last word. And it's hilarious to watch. Because neither will quit. They just keep going at it. They both want to have the last word. Uh, They they both want to get the final word into each other. and uh, It's ridiculous. It doesn't work. It doesn't help. It doesn't actually do anything. It's just about winning. Now understand, you win when you protect relationships. You lose when you win the point but lose the relationship. Because relationships are important to you. Relationships are really important to you. someone um, is right. There can be where someone makes a point, person wrong. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, that, that, that's a fair point, right? But now let me ask you how many times has somebody in an argument proven you to be wrong so you said, you know what, you're right? That's not the dy- dynamic of an argument, is it? The dynamic of an argument is that you get you get competition going, you know, and um, it's it's the competition that becomes the issue, where they're scoring points and you're scoring points, and really when you come to that place, you go nowhere. You can do it over spiritual things, can't you? You know, somebody's some people know how to rattle your cage and get you going, don't they? You, know, you meet somebody on the doors and they want to argue about creation. Right? And they get your goat. Right? It's very easy to enter into an argument with them. And what happens is nothing good. You know, so, so you win the debate on the doors. And the other guy goes, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. Evolution is wrong and creation is right. No, it, you have an argument. He goes away to find all, more information and to remember all the things he should have said and how he should have won the argument with you. So when you're right and you want to get that across to somebody, an argument is not the place to do it. What happens is, you know, as soon as you notice those barriers going up, we're, we're heading into ungodly territory now. That's really what we're doing. We're heading into, in, into territory that's not going to actually help the situation. You'd be better off when the barriers go up saying, listen, you know what? I need to, I'm getting hot. And we're not going to, nothing good's going to happen here. So can I excuse myself for a minute? And we'll talk about this another time when we've settled down. I mean, you're better off not saying when we settle down, when I settle down. Better because you say we settle down, the other person goes, I'm not angry. (laughs) What's your problem? uh, But withdraw from the situation rather than go at it. You see, when you go at it like a dog after a bone, what happens is things are said that should never have been said. And long after your issue is forgotten about, somebody's got the things you said rolling around in their head. It's not wise, it's not clever. You see, this 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 area uh, is really key to us as far as being successful in life. This this whole area of relationships, because if we don't do well in them, we don't do well. You know. All right. Proverbs eighteen, verse nineteen. Lisa. Proverbs eighteen and verse nineteen. Okay, (laughs) what happens when you blow it with people? What do they do? Now, by the way, don't we have a bunch of ways of blowing it? Can somebody blow it with a smile on their face? Yeah? Uh, We have a bunch of ways of blowing it. What happens, though, when you blow it and you say things, right, (laughs) You hurt. You do damage. And the the verse there says, it's harder to be won than a strong city. Now what's it talking about there? It's talking about you going going to a city with walls around it and the the city is shut up against you and you're trying to scale the walls and get in and, and win the city. It's almost impossible. And that's what happens when you offend somebody in the sense that you say things that shouldn't have been said in the situation. Right? It's, it, they're harder to be won than a strong city. Now, h- how many of you agree with that? Right? Okay. Now, so what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that in your life? What would be an appropriate response from you to that truth? Okay, and that's always helpful. By the way, does somebody apologizing to you um, fix the problem? No. You see, words, we can't forget words. And you need to be careful about your apology, too. Your apology is, look, I'm sorry, I was in a bad mood when you got somebody in a crumpled heap crying. That's insult to injury. Now they're annoyed. You've got to be careful uh, how you respond. You see, an, a, 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 an apology won't fix the situation. Now, it's a help for you to come and say, not apologize, but you say, I'm sorry, that was totally wrong. Please forgive me. Pray for me. I, I don't want to ever do that again. That's, a, that's definitely a help. And if you follow through on that and change, what you've got is you've got a chance of kind of repair. But, but, but somebody explain it to me this way. That is it's like you know you you have a polished table. A relationship is a table, and you polish the table, right? So you sand the table down and you and you and you clean it off, all the dust off it, and you put your coat of varnish on it. And then you sand it down again and you put another coat of varnish on it. And you know, to get it up to a really high sheen, what you're gonna do is you're gonna put maybe four or five, maybe even six coats of varnish on it, right? So you're building up this relationship, and then in an angry moment, when you throw out those words, it's like you take a big six-inch nail and you stick it in the polish and you pull it along. Right Now, <clears throat> in a relationship, you can't sand it back to the beginning again. What you do is you sand it and you varnish over it again, and there's a mark. Right? Now you listen, you can bring it back to the place where, you know, it's um, <clears throat> almost as good as it was before, but you can't bring it quite back there. Now, if you do this in the relationship, if you're prone to taking the six-inch nail and dragging it across the relationship, what you find is, you find that you can't get the sheen back at all because it's all marked. You know, so anger is a disaster in relationships. Do you know what the Bible says about an angry man? With an angry man thou shalt not go. Why? What's the rest of the verse? Lest they'll learn his ways. How do you deal with anger? Somebody gets angry with you all the time. And you, what you do is you walk away from that person. You won't be around that person. Right? But if you have to be around that person, what happens to you? Yeah, because you fight fire with fire to, to survive. So you end up developing anger yourself. So what you can do is you can take you can decimate a relationship with anger. You know, you can you can be forced together in a marriage two people may be forced together, but if there's enough anger in the relationship, there's no relationship there. They're not really in a marriage, maybe a name, maybe they live in the same house, but it's not really a marriage. See, anger destroys relationships. When you cut loose and let people have a piece of your mind, it destroys relationships, so you know and you got to embrace that idea and say okay okay i 'm not doing it. I do not want to ruin my relationships like that you know you 've just got to put it behind you it it can 't be and by the way, one of the easiest people to, Who are the easiest people to get angry with, to express our anger with? Kids. Spouse, first off. And when the spouse won't take it, kids. Now, remember the relationship with your kids is this. You are building a relationship with your kids because one day they're going to be 13 years old. You know, John Van Gelden Jr. just turned 13 this week. John now has a teenager in his house. All right? um, uh, I remember years ago, his brother Wayne said to him, <laughs> uh, w- w- when John Jr. was born, he said to him, well, you've got 14 years uh, till the end of your ministry unless you do it right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's got a teenager in his house now. When a kid gets to being a teen, what happens to them? If you've been angry with them all along, what do they do? Now they're as big as you. No, they're not avoiding you anymore now. Uh, <clears throat> you know, every 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 boy, at least. I don't know about girls. Girls, girls compete in a different way. But boys, they want the best dad. They just do from the time they're tiny. Why do they wrestle with that? They're hoping someday they'll actually win. Right? <clears throat> they want a the best dad. Right, and um, every every kid. At some stage, when they're being spanked, looks at Dad and says, someday I'm going to be big as you. I'm going to spank you. <laughs> that, that's what they're thinking in their little minds, right? Now, hopefully they get over it. And, you know, but but if, you, if, if there's anger in the relationship, what you do is you fuel that. You provoke them to wrath. And they will come out at you with the wrath pretty strong and pretty heavy. And it will be focused at you, Dad. Because you're the one they're going to compete with. You know so <clears throat> with your children you're building a relationship because there's coming some rocky years when they have to go through some territory that is just scary and you want to be there by their side their friend to go through it and if there's anger in the home and it's a it's not a safe place to be you're not going to be their friend at that point right <clears throat> and they will find friends that, that that won't care about them as much as you do you know, so what you've got to do is you're working with your children. So <clears throat> here's the deal for us. Anger can't be in our homes. It just can't be in our homes. I mean, William Van Sr. was right. you got a temper, get rid of it. You can't afford to rip up relationships uh, with anger. It's just no way to live. And <clears throat> by the way, you could go through these things and you could, you could apply most of them to the home. Now, it's not that you don't deal with wrong in the home, but you don't deal with wrong in an angry way. You deal lovingly with wrong. In fact, when you're dealing with wrong in the home, it can be one of the greatest demonstrations of love for the kids. Because, how, because of, of how you're upset with it and yet you're going to do it. Anyway, I can read a move here. Um, <clears throat> Are you too blunt? All right. <clears throat> Let me just skip over some of them. Do you drop the ball when people are relying on you? That's a great verse there. Uh, it says, as vinegar to the teeth, so is the slugger to them that send them. Right. So somebody gives you a job to do, and you're supposed to go and do the job, and they realize a week later the job never got done. And they go, oh, you're a man. Right. You're a woman. Have ever, ever ever have that happen to you? Something you expected to have that should have been done, it should have been sorted and finished, and it wasn't, and you found out about it, and the person you asked to do it, you weren't asking them to do it again in a hurry. You know, if you're going to have friends, you need to be somebody who when you say you're going to do it, you follow through on it. That you actually make it happen. Because otherwise... <clears throat> They won't want to be around you. Are you a selfish person? Now, this is going to come up a a whole bunch of times. Proverbs 11, verse 26.